All right, what is up, everybody? This is Wes Hoffman once again, and this is another episode of Wes Hoffman with Friends. And this week, I have uh, a friend of mine that I just new friend that I just met on Instagram, Doug Heiser. Uh, he has a band. He has a playlist that he runs. Um, just does a bunch of different stuff. And so I'm really excited to talk to him. He uh, put out some of my music on one of his playlists, and we just kind of connected and started supporting each other. And I'm really just excited. Uh, he has a new song out. And I'm excited to kind of just talk about it and uh, share a little bit of his story with you. So uh, before we get too far into it, I just want to remind you all to pre-save my new single that is coming out. It's called Far From Yesterday. It is uh, coming out on May 14th. So if you go to my Instagram, you can click the link in my bio and it should be right at the top of then that you can go there and, and pre-save it. And that way it shows up on your release radar it shows up under your saved songs, all that kind of good stuff, so so you don't forget about it. Um, so thank you guys so much. Thanks so much for supporting my song. Um, we are getting close to 5,000 streams, and um, you know, <laughs> I'm 38 years old, and I'm just really glad to be playing music and that people are listening. So really appreciate you guys doing that, and enjoy this episode with Doug Heiser of Coho. <laughs> What is up, everybody? I am here today with a new friend of mine, Doug Heiser. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, all things considered. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm I'm doing good, all things considered as well. I just got my uh, I got my second COVID shot today. Uh, or I, I I know people are calling it COVID shots, but it's a COVID vaccine. So <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I got that taken care of today, and um, so far so good. I haven't had any crazy, uh, um, I haven't had any weird side effects or anything yet. My arm's a little sore, but other than that, I'm good. That's good. You guys, uh, so I'm from Canada. You guys down in the states are way further along uh, than we are. I think I think we're still at the 60 plus bracket as of today. So. It's a bit of a, a slow go up here, but uh, one day, one day I'll be in the club with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so, man, because I want, I'm ready for shows and all kinds of stuff to come back, and, and you know, I think all of us musicians are ready for shows and, and gatherings to come back, and I'm a pretty in, intro, I'm, I'm a pretty extroverted person, so I miss just that intera social interaction, you know what I mean? Yeah, that experience, too, of live music is key for everyone as well uh, but yeah you're starting to see like festival announcements and tour announcements and uh so I, th I think you guys are much further along than we are i don't i don't think we'll see any canadian touring until maybe november at, at like the earliest but I'm, I'm i'm seeing bands announce u.s tours and like doing shows already and more so like the southern states and stuff but uh yeah, you guys are you guys are on the way yeah i'm still a little like I don't want to say nervous. I, I guess I'm a little hesitant to like try to book a show yet, just because you never know what can happen. Like <laughs> nobody expected this to happen, and you never know if you book a show in September if it it's, could come back and end up getting canceled. So um, big time, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, man. Um, thanks so much for coming on. I I really thanks appreciate you. Me. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you making the time and. This has been, um, you know, I've been podcasting for almost 
off and on for seven years now. And like, what's been really cool about podcasting, but also just things like Instagram is I get to meet cool people like you and then take it, you know, Instagram is really kind of sometimes the, the tip of the iceberg. I meet somebody through that and I, I've seen what you're doing and, um, I think we're like-minded people and as as far as like, you know, you've shared my music, I've shared your music, like, yeah. um, you're a solo artist. Like I'm, I, I mean, I, I have a band that I play live with, but I write everything and I record everything. And, um, I'm just kind of like, this gives me a vehicle to bring it a little bit deeper and like talk to people and really have a conversation and connect. So, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about, I mean, I know I originally met you through, uh, you have this Instagram called, uh, this or, well, it's New Music Friday Pod, and the playlist is This Is Not A Phase, which I love it because I'm 38 years old and I can tell you pop punk, punk rock is not a phase. <laughs> For me, at least, it wasn't. Not at all, yeah. It's, uh, it's not a phase, it's a lifestyle, mom. Whatever that TikTok uh, phrase is right now. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. We did meet through there. Um, I just run a bunch of kind of like a playlisting, band plugging type page from there, and uh, try to get the word out more so about new bands, but also kind of bring national type bands into the playlist to give uh, people something familiar to listen to alongside discovering some new great artists like yourself in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, and I think like. Something that's really interesting about that is nowadays, you know, I'm a, I'm 38, so like when I was younger growing up, we had, you know, it was all about like we had street teams and people, you know, you you would sign up for your favorite band and you would go out and put flyers up in your city whenever they whatever band was coming there and you know, now it's just completely different about how you get the music out and you almost have to be doing if you're a musician and you're um kind of an underground musician like you almost have to be doing something like a playlist channel or a podcast to like push your music out a little bit right like is that was that kind of what your thoughts were with what you were doing with new music friday pod or what? uh yeah i think um yeah it definitely kind of started as where it's like okay like how how can i sort of build a platform um that I can kind of, when I come out with my own, own music, kind of have something to help push it along out of the gate, whether that's through playlists or some sort of uh, plugging format. Um, but yeah, along the way, I've just been able to uh, uh, plug a lot of other bands is, is what I love to do. I love to spread the word of new music. And then kind of when I came out with my own music, uh, it's been about two weeks now, I kind of, I had my own playlist that I knew I could get my music into that have a decent listener count that, that give people some streams. And I kind of had a, a channel with almost a thousand followers that I could, could plug it out to. Um, and also be, because it's kind of a plugging channel and uh, music promotion site, I also used it to just reach out to other bands and say, Hey, like I've had you on my playlist. Um, I've kind of come out with my own music right now with, would love for you to check it out. If you want to share it, that's cool. If not, don't feel obligated to. So I just kind of used it to build a network, so to speak. And yeah. so, yeah, it was, a, it was a great platform. And I, I just kind of went down the my DMs. So any band that reached out to me to be playlisted is, okay, I'm, I'm coming to call back the favor right now with uh, a stream right now. Yeah, man. And I think, that's, I think that's so awesome that you, like, the way that you did it was not, 
you know, you're helping bands, but then like, I, I really feel like that's how the music industry works and that's how life works. It's like, you're giving people something of value saying, hey, like, I'll put you on this playlist. And then when you need something like, hey, would you be willing to do the same thing that I d have been doing for you? You know, like when you reached out to me, um, I remember that morning I was still laying in bed and like I had gotten that message from you that your new song was out and I was like, oh shit, man. Yeah, I'll give it a listen and I'll give it a shout out if I like it, you know, and, and it's a good, it's a really good song. So like, you. you know, people want to share good music. Like, um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was a great song and it really reminds, I know you're from Canada. Like it reminds me a lot of Silverstein. Yeah. Silverstein, like what is a big influence of mine? Like, uh, from, certainly from like a scene in alternative bands like they're probably like my north star so to speak like I really look towards what they've done um, and how they've grown and so they've always been a big influence to me, um, big influence on my songwriting um, and uh, I think there's some other songs to come where you'll hear super silver singy type stuff in the mix uh, more so than the, the single that's out now okay okay yeah yeah so tell me just a little bit about this project and like, how have you, you know, so I, I write all the music uh, with my band. It's just, it's Wes Hoffman and friends because everybody in my band is my friend. But I, um, you know, why I wanted to use my own name was I had some other projects that I felt like, um, hey, you know, instead of starting an, an entire new band and, and giving somebody a new brand and a new name to follow, mm -hmm. like, maybe I just put my name on it. I'll do the bulk of the work. I'll do the recording and all that. And I kind of felt like if there's people that knew me from my other event endeavors, like my business or my other podcasts and stuff, they might see the name of the band and be like, Oh, I didn't know this is Wes's band or else I would have listened to it. But they might see my name. You know, if they see my name, then be like, Oh, this is Wes's band. That's cool. Like I'll, I'll listen to it. Um, so, but I, I, I feel like we're doing the same thing where we're, you played all the instruments and like wrote everything and it's under the name Co Hill. How did you kind of go? I'm sure you've probably played in bands in the past. Like how did this project, uh, like kind of take shape? Yeah. So, uh, it really came out only because of coronavirus and everything that was going on in the world. Like, uh, uh you kind of hit that nail on the head. Like, yeah, I was in a band a bit more like typical rock band, radio rock, uh, type stuff. Um, uh, but I'm personally more into like the alternative scene of like blending pop punk with metalcore, post hardcore. Like that, that's what I love. That's what I prefer to write to. And so when we got locked down um, in Canada, I was like kind of needing like a creative outlet. And so I started really diving into more like post hardcore type writing. And uh, I initially didn't really have any plans for it. Um, it was just kind of a way for me to. Deep, dive deeper into a hobby while there was really nothing else to do and essentially the songs just got to a place where I was like you know what I really like these I, I need to find a way to release them get them recorded produced and I really want these to get heard yeah uh, so I actually uh, then took the next step of reaching out to uh, a producer Kyle Marchant um, who uh, recorded the rock band I was in so I was just reached out to a familiar face saying hey um kind of got these songs that I want to figure out something to do with them and I he was he checked out the demos and was like fully on board to, to work on it with me and then kind of just through like demo and talking 
stages. Because it, it, I'm not a singer, right? So uh, none of the vocals you hear on the project are me. So it's uh, like I wish I could sing, but it was like, okay, do I find a permanent singer or or like what do I do exactly? And knowing that a lot of singers, like a lot of good singers already in projects, I, I thought I was like, you know what could be kind of cool, a little bit different is like, what if I wrote the tracks and then just sourced uh, a different singer for each track. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, it kind of made it, it's, a, it's essentially a studio band, um, is kind of, I guess, the term people like to use. Um, and so, yeah, each, it's, it's going to be five tracks right now, um, and I plan on doing future iterations and volumes, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, five tracks, each one's got a different singer on it. And so, yeah, once the instrumentals came together, um, we got some solid uh, demos, um, and we started reaching out to singers kind of in the alternative music scene that whose bands were kind of semi-adjacent to whatever track I had. And, uh, yeah, just found a good team of uh, vocalists. Um, and obviously the first one being uh, Hayden Trovey from Tiger Wine. Oh, okay. Oh, singer. okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so he's the vocalist that's on Deadweight. And he's – so he front to back, those all those vocals are him. That's um, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like it's it technically reads featuring Hayden Trobi of Tigerwine or featuring Tigerwine depending on what what platform you're reading it on, um, but it's it's not really a feature. Like he's he's front to back. He's every vocal part you're hearing. He's every vocal layer, um, and so it's it's like that on the other four tracks. It's there's a unique vocalist um, uh, across it. Two tracks are double features. So. Uh, a guy, guy that does the verse and choruses, and then a, a separate guy coming on the bridge, um, just kind of adds some more flair and interest to it. Yeah. So, so did you write all the lyrics? Uh, no. So I, I didn't do any of the lyrics. Part of, and part of that's why is I, I'm a big believer in like that when a, a vocalist writes the lyrics, you get an extra level in the performance with like the conviction and the believability mm-hmm. in what they're singing and saying. So. Um, like when I was reaching out to vocalists, uh, uh, earlier on, like there were a few people that were like, yeah, I'll do this, but like, like, I don't, I'm not into like writing lyrics or like for other people or like, it's a lengthy process. Like, would you do it for me? So, um, immediately like, I was like, no, sorry, I'm really looking for people that will, uh, come to the table with their own ideas, with their own like emotion and, and story. Um, just, just cause yeah, the, the performance I find is always that much better when they're believing what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that is that is super cool, man. I did not know. I thought that you were doing like, I thought you pretty much had done everything on that. <laughs> but I think that's even more interesting to me is that like you're outsourcing these vocalists and like, um, because I think that makes the project even more special, like more collaborative, you know what I mean? Like you're, it's, yeah. that's really, really cool. Yeah, you, you said the word right there. So, like, yeah, I wanted it to be collaborative. I didn't just want it to be, like, a hired gun type person. Like, hey, here's a sheet. Figure out a melody type thing. It's like, no, I want, like, yes, I wrote the music. Yes, we're not really changing the structure. But, like, here, here's your box. Find a way to fit in it type thing. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, like, yeah, you've heard the, what, what Hayden did on that song. And, like, he, he did something really special on that one. Um so yeah, I'm really happy with how everything's turned out. Um, I mean, I, I did have a little bit of help with saying like, oh, that phrase doesn't really quite work, or I think you need to tweak this melody. So I, I did have like some like edits and like notes for people, like anyone kind of producing their own material would. 
Um, but other than that, like all, like all the lyrics, all the ideas, all the stories are from each vocalist. That is so cool. Yeah, I I am actually um, I'm gonna have a feature. Like you know, I I I am a vocalist, um, but you and I have had the similar idea because I you know it's Wes Hoffman with friends, and back when I was doing my old podcast, The Strange House. Um, we were doing a lot of um, uh, podcasting with bands. We actually talked to some of the guys from Silverstein, and um, you know, we did the Warp Tour back in the day. And I was like, "How cool would it be to maybe have like somebody drop a guitar solo, or um, you know, have a bunch of these people that I know do guest vocals on some songs?" And um, I am getting ready to go back in the studio and and um, do an EP. And I have one song that I'm going to do on a bridge and like a breakdown have someone do guest vocals on, which I'm really excited about. So it's really cool to be like hearing your side of the story. Like, so how do you, um, you know, from a, from like a logistics perspective, how did that work? Did you record the song in the studio and then, you know, send it to them unfinished, like with the vocals and be like, Hey, here's the song. Like, and how do they kind of do it on their end? Uh, yeah. So, the, the stage that they would have received the song, it would have been a demo stage. So, um, and that's par par partially because we fully tracked one song and then the vocalist we found to get on board with it, he's like, it, it's too high, like you need to drop the tuning for me. And so we had to like retrack all the, the guitar and bass. So after kind of going through the first song, we're like, okay, we're, we're not taking the songs past the demo stage until we know that the vocalist is cool with the key, cool with the tuning. Um, before we go with proper proper tracking and proper takes and editing for them. Uh, so yeah, so we'd, we'd send them the demo and say, hey, like, give them the spiel of what we're working on, who we're working on it with, and to say, hey, like, here's the track that I'm like thinking for you, or here's the two tracks that I think kind of fit with your vocal style. Let me know if you'd be into it. And uh, logistics-wise, like, I mean, like, like we're doing now, technology is like is so far advanced and the technology of home recording is so advanced. Um, and you don't need multi-thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar studios to put out a, a great sounding song or great sounding record anymore. Like a lot of these guys just kind of did a home, home setup, put up some sound dampeners, set up their SM7Bs and let her rip into uh, whatever DAW they use. And they send us the vocal stems and then Kyle uh, mixes them, edits them, and tunes them, and gets them all sh uh, ship shape. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. Like that, a lot of these things I feel like wouldn't be possible. You know, like when I when I was younger in two thousand one, two thousand two, when I was really going out and playing and, and recording uh, a lot and trying to, um, you know, really do a lot of, of stuff was. This, this wouldn't have been capable. We wouldn't have been capable of this back then, you know, like, um, yeah, it'd have been impossible. yeah. And it's so cool that now, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older than I, well, we actually both, both you and I right now, Doug, we're older than we've ever been, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but this, you know, I quit playing music for a long time for like eight years. I didn't play at all because like, I just got into that mindset of like, I'm an adult, I shouldn't be putting time and energy into this, like, and, and it's all these limiting beliefs in my head that were going back and forth all the time. And, you know, uh, a little over five years ago, I started playing again and, 
I kind of started thinking, you know, I know a lot of people that are older than me that are still doing this and that like, I want to do it just because I enjoy doing it. And, mm -hmm. um, it's so cool now to see even just vo things like voice memos. Like if I have a melody that pops into my head for a song, I can just, I don't even have words. I can just pick out my phone and be like, and hum the melody hum it. Yeah, and, yeah. and so that I remember it the next day or that I can remember it later. And, um, you know, I can play stuff on my acoustic guitar and, um, it's really only been about two years that I started, um, you know, recording everything on GarageBand and, um, demoing everything out on GarageBand and using like the little drummer tool on the, on GarageBand to like, um, yeah, the MIDI drums dried in, yeah. yeah, yeah. And just, just sharing that then with the guys in my band, because, you know, everybody has a life, um, all of the guys in my band, we all have girlfriends or wives and, um, we all have full-time jobs. It's, and so practice is like, you know, even trying to get us together for a couple hours once a week is, is difficult sometimes. So, you know, back in the day you would have to be like, Hey, okay, well I'm thinking that for the drum part would be this. And then, so here's the chords. I would write them out on like a piece of paper so that, you know, and, um, it was just so much more difficult to like pull a song together. And now it's like a, it's to me, it's still, it blows my mind. Like we can, I can send the guys a demo and we can get together in a room if they all practice it. And the first time without us ever playing together, we can play the whole song through almost perfect because <laughs> we, we know what the song is supposed to be. And it's, it's like, if you were looking at that from a bird's eye view, seeing a dude tap on a computer and then everybody getting in a room together and having it sound perfect, the first time through it would blow your mind you know you wouldn't know what was going on like it's really yeah, crazy it's yeah you actually do like your story there actually like just triggered like a super vivid memory and uh for me like going back to like the rock band i was in before like when i first joined it like starting started writing uh some songs for them and and exactly what you're talking about like i i use logic so i, I plugged everything into logic i uh drew out the uh the kind of like more so drum feel like i'm not much of a drummer but like i know how to like plug it in so that like uh if, if i want a fast part here or if yeah like half time half time feel on a certain section like i know how to plug all that stuff in like i don't know how to do cool fills and don't have the patience to to plan it out but like i remember sending them a song and then on the, on the first band practice like we're like okay let's try it and like like you said like we, we played it hit every part ended at the same time and I just remember everyone kind of being like, looking at each other, being like, "Whoa, did we just like play a song that we've never, we've never like, noodled through? We've never like tried apart. Like we played it front to back, like the first, and like yeah. So it's it's amazing what you can do. Absolutely, um, technology. Absolutely, and I think there's something with the brain where after you record a song and you've listened to it a bunch of times, like now when we play "What's Left of Me" in practice since that song, everybody in the band has listened to that song a million times. They know how it's supposed to sound. So it's like, it's just sounds tighter when you play it live. There's something that's like happens in your brain, like that, that makes the songs song sound so much tighter when you, and I even find that with recording, like sometimes I'll be recording a guitar line and it, I won't play it perfectly, but I'll be like, I'll listen to it back a few times before I give it a, a run through again. And I'll be like, okay, well, this is how it's supposed to sound, you know, 
Yeah. I'm not, it doesn't sound right here, but, the, but I know what it's supposed to sound like now. And so then I, mm-hmm. it'll be a lot easier to play it. I don't want to say perfect, but you know, it'll more precisely than the messed up one, because I'm listening to it back and being like, Oh no, it's not supposed to sound like this. It's supposed to sound like this, you know, like, yeah, the thing I've actually started doing when like writing songs is like I actually feel myself playing it. Uh, just because like I'm playing some like I- I'm really trying to experiment with like adding some like a bit more in depth chords like uh, and so I'll, I'll put it into the DAW and I've had situations and I'm like man like I don't even I don't even know how I'm hitting that chord voicing like so like I got to a point where I'm like I just need to start filming myself playing it so that when I go back into the the, the session file like I can and I'm having trouble figuring out what I played I can just go back to my iPhone and, and look at the video of me playing it I'm like oh my pinky's sitting there or like uh, like I'm hammering on this part right there and uh, so I found that to be really key especially like even doing some of the songs here like by the time I demoed them till we actually got recording them I was like man I can't even remember how I play some of the stuff anymore <laughs> like a live band like there's no I have no rehearsing it's, it's just me and my memory banks to, to remember how the songs go so uh, filming filming myself playing was pretty key and uh, when it came to the recording process yeah yeah for sure and I think there's something um, visual about that too is that like I, I uh, I've heard that if you you know if you can see it in your mind it's a lot easier than to do it physically so like um, a few years ago, I was learning some classic guitar solos like Pink Floyd Comfortably, Comfortably Numb was one of them. And I, I heard that if you are in a relaxed state and kind of a med- I, I do like meditation and stuff like that. So like before bed, I would sit down or, you know, as, as I was falling asleep, I would imagine like the tabs to the, like what my fingers okay. would look like when I'm playing the solo of Comfortably Numb. And then when I would go back to my studio the next day, I would find that like it was a lot easier that that just visualizing, closing your eyes and visualizing yourself playing it properly is like eight. It's as close as eighty percent to you doing it physically. You know, just closing your eyes and visualizing wow, okay. it. So like, it, yeah, yeah. And so I, I thought that was super interesting. So sometimes I'll kind of like just sit down and, and visualize what I'm doing on, on one of my songs. I'll be like, okay, so what are the chords? It, you know, it goes here, it goes there. And, and then when I get back in the studio, it is a little bit easier when I actually am physically there playing it. So, well, so perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, tell me a little bit more about what are some of the things like outside of, aside from music, what are some of the things that you've been, um, into and passing your time, uh, during like, you know, this, crazy pandemic. I've heard a lot of, of the kids are calling it the pandy these days. Okay. <laughs> That's what the, the Zoomers are calling it. Yeah, the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, because, uh, like, I work a day job and stuff, so music is kind of, music is the hobby, right? So music is a, has always been a big part of, like, what I do outside of work. Uh, like, I'm a, I'm a sales manager at a CPG company by day, and then a uh, hobbyist musician uh, by night, uh, so to speak, but Outside of music, like, um, big into, uh, like, fitness, so, like, okay. every day, make, carving out time to exercise and stuff, that, that's always a, a good chunk of time. Um, uh, I'm a dog guy, I have a dog, so getting him outside three times a day for hour-long walks, uh, it takes up quite a bit of time. Um, 
TV, movies. Uh, I love finding new stuff on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think I have the trifecta of like, I guess more than a trifecta. We've got the Disney, the um, the HBO. We've got Prime. Like we have all those now. So like we're always cycling through them, trying to find what's the new hot show, what's the new hot movie. Same here. Out. Same here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're we're big uh, TV digesters. And um, what are some of the most recent ones that you've watched? You know, I've been on a docu-series kick lately, so that's okay. kind of been what I've been watching a lot lately. Um, so, like, what am I watching now? Uh, Code Source, I think it's called, um, or, or Source Code or something. I can't remember the name. It just came out, and it's kind of, like, about uh, how technology is, like, biased to, like, essentially, like, rich, affluent people and how AI is, is kind of further segmenting, like, society. Um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I'm not all the way through it yet. Um, just watched the family, uh, series, which is about uh, the Christian fellowship and kind of how they influence politics around the world. Mm. Uh, the college admission scandal doc was really good. Uh, yeah, just, just been binging so many documentary series lately. There was a true, uh, co- a true crime one on, um, it was called the night stalker. Did you watch that one on Netflix? Uh, it sounds familiar, so it's probably in my list. It, Wait, or like what was what was it about? It, it was about um, back in the eighties. There was this like serial killer in L.A., and he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did watch this one. Some of the true crime ones they start to blend together. <laughs> oh man, that one like so I'm not. I try not to binge too much, but I got sucked into that one. I think it's only like three or four episodes, but they're like. They're an hour plus long. They're like, some of them are probably even an hour and 15, hour and a half. And I finished it in one day. I started watching it one night after work, like at five o'clock. And I stayed up until midnight or one o'clock watching that show. Cause I was like, by the time you get to the, when you finish one episode and you know, you have only one more left, it's like, I should probably just stay up and finish this. That's with any show though, whether it's a drama or a comedy or something. If, if you get to that like awkward hour where it's like it's late, I should be sleeping, but but I know I'm not going to be able to sleep with one one episode on my mind. <laughs> I know that, cr- that crunch time you just got to knock it out. Uh, but yeah, that that was a good one, and I kind of like how Netflix like with the docu series for a bit they were getting into like 10, 12 episode series. And so I think they kind of learned, and they started cutting them down to like four or five episodes, um, which are so much more digestible. Because um, I found like those ten episode ones, like there was so much fluff episodes that didn't matter. Um, so I think they they're, they're doing a good job on condensing their the storylines and, and keeping it uh, moving along quicker with pertinent info. I, I, I think so too, and I'm noticing that with. Um, uh, have you watched Falcon and and Winter Soldier yet? Yeah, we're watching that right now. Yeah, okay. That's a good one. Yeah, so I've got two I've got episode five and then uh, on Friday episode six comes out. But they've done a good job of that too. It's six episodes, they're an hour long, and that's it. And like I, I like that too. It's you don't feel like there's a lot of stuff that's happening in the story that doesn't need to. And you know, same thing with music. You want you want a song you want like um you know, I'd rather have five songs that are just like really, really good songs that I've worked hard on that, you know, than an album full of songs where I'm like, well, this is 10 or 11 songs, but I really only cared for six of them. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, and I think I think you're you're spot on to it. I think with uh, technology and like the accessibility to music with someone like Spotify is like there's almost no room for filler. Like the uh, the, the listener doesn't want filler, the audience doesn't want filler because they'd rather just listen to the, essentially the greatest hits across the bands they like. They're like, well, I don't I don't want to listen to this yeah. this boring song and. So I think you're, you're, and you're, it's, uh, you are starting to see a lot more like seven, eight, nine track albums or EPs, depending on what time threshold they hit, um, come out. Like, even like Bring Me the Horizon said, they're like, I don't know if we'll ever do an album. Like, there, a lot of people are focusing on this like EP and, and single system, um, and just not, not trying to hit that like 12 track, 14 track, uh, uh, song count on an album. Like, I, I think that's kind of gone now. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so I think people have short attention spans and like, oh, yeah. so, you know, I just put out my single What's Left of Me and I'm getting ready to drop another one. And I feel like this was this song was really kind of like my reentry back into like letting people know, you know, I have a few other songs up on Spotify, but this was really my re-entry into like, I'm really going to push this out and try to make something of it. Um, and I feel like you have to, you know, if you just threw out, if I would have thrown out, here's 10 songs by me, you know, like people don't have the time, unless every one of them is just a banger, people don't have the time. They don't want to listen through, through a whole album, but it, I think it, it does two things. Like it gives them a bite size and it leaves them wanting more afterwards. Like I've had so many people be like, when are you dropping another song? When are you dropping another song? Like, well, you know, let's give it a little bit of time here. And, and yeah, like, exactly. I'm kind of leaking them out as, as we go. Um, and, and I still like, you know, me being an old school guy though, I still like, um, and I think it's definitely an art form is a, t a 10 or 12 song album where the album flows together is such a good, um, that is, you know, bands that can do that and, and have every song be a really good song. Um, that is truly, uh, an art form like, you know, and I, and I do, I still really like that. I like the, the format of how a lot of bands are doing it. Like I'm a big knuckle puck fan and, yep. um, you know, they put out before their full length album came out, which I 2020, which I think is phenomenal. You know, they dropped five singles. It probably only has 10 or 12 songs, but they leaked those songs out in the months coming ahead to like kind of breadcrumb it to like, hey, the full album is coming. And like, then they still, you know, the, the whole album is good. So I like every song on it, but I got a really good taste of, you know, when I would hear a song, I'd be like, oh my God, well, I can't wait for the rest of the album to come out. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. Called it like almost like breadcrumbing, and that, that that single strategy is becoming super a super popular format to lead up to an album right now. Like an, another band that did that was it last year or the year before, like Point North, I think. Yeah. Like six singles for that album, um, and like it, it makes a lot of sense when you think about how uh, music is digested now, and it's it's about like okay, we can either do two singles and put it out, or pretty much every six or every single is a chance for Point North to get on release radar, get on a bunch yeah. of playlists. Yeah. Uh, New Music Friday. And the more, and like they're big enough where they can kind of catch the attention of like curators and the, the Spotify wizards at, at their office. And every time they hit those playlists, it's it's that snowball effect. It's okay, we caught more attention, caught more attention. Whereas if, if you cut that down, it, it reduces the, the amount of time and the amount of like that snowball can grow, right? So 
I think I think that's a huge strategy a lot of bands are doing right now. And then stacking the previous song in with the, the next single so that you're you're saving both songs multiple times and before you know it you've got a track saved five times in your library, which increases the chance of it getting shuffled and again then that's more streaming revenue for them. So it's it's completely playing into like the Spotify formula more so than like an Apple music. It's it's all about like how do you how are they tailoring it to Spotify and, and the way the consumers uh, listening to music now? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Like, um, you know, and I've just even seen that with, with my song and with your song as well. Like, um, you know, I know that you, uh, a couple weeks ago, you were like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm getting a ton of listens today. And it's like, you got enough traction that Spotify, and, and I think if you release it, if you, if you, um, uh, set it up to be like an upcoming release early enough, like Spotify can put it on release radar. Um, but yeah, you got enough traction and then you're building a following. Then you have people following your music because, oh, this showed up on my, you know, you got enough traction. Two weeks after the track comes out, it's on release radar. Radar. You got all these new people listening to you that would have never heard you before. You you have a following now. Like, you know, it's, it's a really, really good tool to um, just... That's one thing that I feel like Spotify has, is so good for is it's such a great, you know, don't get me wrong. I love going back and listening to old Beach Boys and I've been on a huge Ramones kick lately. I've been listening to all the old, since it's been like uh, the anniversary of Joey Ramones' uh, death recently, like started listening to a bunch of Joey Ramones stuff. And, but I, I love that like I can discover new bands that I would never, ever, ever have heard of, of 20 years ago never even would have gotten a chance to, you know, um, if it wasn't for this tool that like, you know, and look at, it's brought you and, and you and I together and we're on yeah, this yeah. podcast now. <laughs> yeah, big time. And I know, I know Spotify can get a lot of flack with like, uh, uh, like a lot of bands are like, oh, they, they don't pay artists enough. And that aside, the one thing they do a great job is with music discovery, more so than like Apple Music or, or any of the other platforms is like Spotify does is super focused on like, looking at like discover weekly like your playlists your daily mixes how they shuffle in similar bands that you haven't discovered yet like uh like like my stream count like 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 you said it like i, I got onto uh like i, I kind of hustled up in the first week that like it got picked up into a, a big release radar and i like i've gotten ten thousand streams just from the release radar that's album. incredible um and so it's like i then i go over to apple music apple music doesn't have that in I've got 900 streams over there, like, which is great. It's like, that's more than I kind of thought I would did. I didn't really have expectate or, uh, like two big expectations for the first release. So the 900 streams is great. But then like looking at what, how Spotify is working to kick my music out to new listeners. It's like, yeah, like, like, yeah, they pay less, but they've got like 10, 20, 25 times the streams versus any other platform. So, um, if they're getting my music out there, like, okay have it be yeah absolutely absolutely man yeah i i totally agree with you it's it's um as a tool for discovery it's it's i love it and i've heard so you know i've found so many bands that i've really enjoyed um that i yeah i just wouldn't have been able to find and to think that like you know i live in st louis missouri and like that to think that worldwide you know I've got I've got a lot of streams from St. Louis. Like I have a lot of people here that um, I've always been pretty active as just a, a a person in the community. But like 
Um, you know, so I have a lot of friends here that have listened to the song, but to yeah. think that like there's, I mean, I've got like 200 some streams in um, Germany. Like I've got people in Canada and, and South America listening to this. Like, and to think that, you know, there's people out there that are looking up, you know, that are either hearing it or saving it that are like, oh man, this is what this Wes Hoffman song. Like, I don't know who Wes Hoffman is, but I really like his music. You know what I mean? That is a really, really cool thing to me is that like, um, the reach is, is just so much bigger than it used to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you should always kind of expect your kind of hometown to be pretty high on the city ranking. But then, yeah, when you when you start going down that list and seeing like Germany or like uh, Moscow is pretty high on my list, it's, it's like, wow, like I never thought of like, I was expecting like to have a decent Canada, certainly Toronto, neighboring city reach. And then like now Toronto's actually like number 13 for me. And like my top city, Chicago, Sydney, Brisbane, um, some Australian cities and Dallas, like it's it's pretty crazy the the stats and seeing where everyone's coming from uh, and how it's been serviced out to them. So um, really happy with what, what Spotify's done for me. It's, I know I know other people have different <laughs> opinions, but for sure. me, for me, I, I kind of like, I like what they've done for me and, and how they've supported the song, or at least how their computer algorithm has supported it in a way. <laughs> uh, so I think that's pretty cool. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, and I understand like if you're you know if you're a larger artist. If you're somebody like Metallica, like, you know, I know that they had like a really big, I, you know, I remember the days of Napster and they had like a really big, um, you know, gripe with that whole thing of that, like people were getting the music for free, basically. Oh yeah, that's, that's the famous lawsuit, the Lars versus Napster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I kind of understand it if you're them and you're coming from this world of, hey, people were buying our records and we were making good money off these records and now we're getting, you know, 0. .002 since a song like that doesn't really make sense for us but like it, i think it's just a huge example of like um how how we have to adjust like to technology you know what i mean like um and yeah for sure like you'd be uh you'd be fooling yourself if you're like well like if, if spotify wasn't here or like if spotify went away tomorrow all the all these sales would be put into cds or vinyl it's like no what Spotify did was kill Pirate Bay. Like, I like uh, call it five, six years ago, I was using Pirate Bay, and that the artist is getting nothing from Pirate Bay. Whereas now, I, I stream everything out of Spotify. It's like it's not great, but like, and I even go to like a bunch of music forums or music threads on Reddit, and there's there's a lot of people saying like, yeah, Spotify doesn't pay great. But I was using Pirate Bay before, and yeah. at least you're getting paid from me using Spotify or Apple Music or something. So. Because torrenting was getting way out of hand um, for for a while there, and now it's I think a lot of people are like, well, I, Spotify is at a place now where I, I'd rather pay for it than deal with the headache of Pirate Bay and stuff. Sure, yeah, and I, I'm totally I'm more I, I I totally agree with you, and I'm I'm more apt now when I go to a show, like you know I haven't been to one in a while, but like I'm I'm more <laughs> apt when I go to a show to spend a little bit more on merch. Or to, you know, if a ticket price is a little bit higher, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the music for $10 a month. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not really, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll spend 50 bucks on merch then. Like, I'll, I'll get a t-shirt and a hoodie and, you know, something else then, and, like, to support the artists that I want. And I, I find that I, I'll even do that online. Like, recently I've been trying to just kind of support some of the smaller and some of the bigger artists that I really like by just buying their merch because... 
you know, that might be a little bit, that's just a little bit more, they're getting direct cash from that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they would rather sell a t-shirt than a CD any day. Like they, they have a bigger cut on their merch deal if they're on a label. Sure. (laughs) Sure. I'm sure they appreciate that t-shirt sale at the end of the day a lot more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Doug, man, this was, this was great. I, you know, if you, um, if we lived near each other, I would love to go get a drink with you or hang out or something. Um, you know, is, is there anything else that you want to, before we kind of shut this down, like that you want to mention or, or shout out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll obviously shout out my socials. Uh, if you're listening to this, please uh, go check out Cohill on, on your streaming service of choice. Also go check out Wes Hoffman's music. Uh, yes. He's got more stuff coming out. His, <laughs> his new, your new single, it sounds really good. Thank you. I was listening to it earlier this week. Uh, you really... I've heard you say it on some other episodes, like you really put a lot of work and you really stepped up, uh, like from, certainly from a production end, like you, you put a lot of focus into how your song's going to sound and how it's going to reach the listener. So uh, I certainly noticed that and I'm sure a lot of other people do. And your streams are, are showing it too. On that oh, song. thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you can find me on social media at uh, Instagram at Cohill Music, um, Facebook, just search Cohill. Um, and kind of, I just want to shout out the team, Kyle Marchant, uh, the producer on the project, did such a great job with mixing, recording, was super patient with me and all my, my mixed notes. So uh, if there's bands out there looking for looking for a producer, looking for someone to do their next record, check Kyle out. Um, check out uh, my boys in Nightwell. Um, I pretty much borrowed their band to do drums and <laughs> some vocal work, and so... Uh, I owe them a big thank you, and uh, Tyler and Tim at Blackgate Records want to shout them out too. Awesome, man! Awesome, yeah. Well, thank you so much again for coming on, dude. This was really cool, and um, yeah, I mean, this will probably not be the last time that we talk. Um, you know, I can. Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. We'll <laughs> exchange messages at the very least. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, have a great night, brother, and, and we'll be in touch soon. All right, sounds good. Talk to you later. See ya.